0: Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Geek Bites, brought to you by The Geek Buddies! Hey!
1: We're getting better, we're getting better. The, the, non, the non-Shannon Geek Buddy war cry.
0: Yeah, well, we're I mean, you gotta remember, it. it took us a while to get it right with Shannon. So, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the two of us can get together. Might not be so, uh, might take some time, that's for sure. But it's fair. It's fair it is a rainy west coast uh, day here on uh, tuesday and uh, you know as uh michael vogel tweeted out and as i tweeted out we would love to we wanted to uh, come up with an idea for a geek bites episode uh, to kind of take our mind off all the rain and everything that's going on and we asked you all for some suggestions so this is the suggestions that we got we might as well bring them up uh michael here and let's take a look at these uh, tweets these are three tweets we've got a um uh, mixing them together here so we're giving three people credit michael you want to take us through these tweets here they are on the screen tell us what they're saying
1: here is our geek bite mashup for the day we have got jonathan uh at john underscore yara saying is streaming good or bad for hollywood uh and we have francisco lopez at fj lopez 1505 saying topic what's the what what does the new state of comic book movies look like from mcu dcu sony's marvel and other and do you believe in it or not Mm. and then punit Jossi at p underscore Jossi says if you were the execs in charge how would you try to improve mcu dc disney current state so Mm. in our geek buddies mashup for the day we thought all three of those kind of connected given that uh looking at streaming and looking at all of the big brands, I mean, that's a huge part now. How do you balance out the streaming and the features and the rollout? And is it too much and is it not enough? And there's other things that we'll touch on with streaming too. And then just what is going on with all these universes and are they good? Are they not? Yeah. Where are they going? What do we think? And although this is stuff that we kind of tend to talk about uh, on the weekly show on the individual things that pop up just kind of as a whole uh, topic. Cause it's yeah. a really rainy Tuesday. And I should be working on a bunch of other things, but I didn't feel like it because it's raining. And so my way of procrastinating <laughs> is to talk about this stuff with you all and my boy, John Roca.
0: Hello. Hello. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up because it is all mixed in because it's all kind of connected to each other as a brand, especially if we want to focus on just Disney. How would we fix Disney, Marvel, the MCU, um, uh, 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 Star Wars itself? Uh, And how is streaming affecting things, as we've spoken about on the show with Bob Chapek and Bob Iger, everything that happened there. And we see them wanting to limit the budgets now. We're on the precipice of Deadpool 3 coming out. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Josh Brolin, in a recent interview over the weekend, said that he had a feeling and he heard it in the wind that Thanos might be coming back. So he might not be done with Thanos. And not to be outdone, Jeremy Renner also chimed in and let it be known to everybody that he is back in shape back from his accident he is ready to be hawkeye again so these are the questions that we have going through our minds here is what do we do with streaming in connected to as it's connected to the studios and what how do we fix what's going to happen here as we look at 2024 michael so when you look at all these questions what's the first thing you want to address as we kind of explore the subject here on geek bites
1: well i think the first thing to address is let's just touch on the streaming thing, okay. not not as a whole, and then we'll get to how it affects these brands, sure. and that'll kind of lead us to the good. brands. Like, streaming is definitely affecting the industry. Yeah, it's been affecting the industry, and it's going to continue to affect the industry. Is it good or bad? I don't know, but it's here to stay. It's kind of like AI. It's kind of like everything. We could argue whether it's good or bad, but it's not going anywhere. Right. So it's more what is actually happening right now. And I think you know what's happening right now is that with streaming, you know, for streamers to keep their subscribers, Mm. um, it's a beast that just has to keep getting fed. Yeah. And you got to keep shoveling content in there. And I think what the streamers are realizing, you know, we lived in a period of time where particularly Netflix was like, oh, if we just spend billions of dollars Mm. and make a bunch of stuff, if 70% of it is shit, but 30% of it hits really hard, We seem to be doing great. I think that's going to work. And then everybody was like, oh shit, streaming is the way. And then we got Disney plus and we got Paramount plus Mm -hmm. and we got HBO max and we got everything else. And everybody started like throwing all this content. We got all our library content We you can watch everything. And here's the new stuff we're doing and we're spending all this money and we got all these celebrities and we got all these big things. And then they were like, oh shit, this model doesn't work. We don't like once you get a certain number of subscribers, you don't get more yeah and so now they're all freaking out and they're all pulling back and they're all spiraling and so they sort of have cannibalized a lot of traditional television models Mm -hmm. and because people have stopped going to the movies for some of the smaller movies whether that be romantic comedies or comedy or stuff like that they've kind of cannibalized that so they've changed the way that we all take in entertainment and they've kind of changed our habits Mm -hmm. but now they realize they can't sustain that and so now as they're making less and studios are trying to figure out how to get us back into the movies and networks are going well what do we put on tv like you know i was talking to a friend of mine at nickelodeon and they were Mm -hmm. saying uh we're really not sure what to do because kids aren't watching tv the way they used to right but paramount plus says they don't need any more animation because they've got all these libraries of animation and so now we're not sure because kids aren't really watching either or and they're on youtube and TikTok, so we don't know what to do so it's kind of upset the entire model and i think we're now in a period of time where everyone is trying to figure out where are people watching tv why are people going to the movies and how do we split the difference between our network shows our streaming shows and what we're putting in theaters
0: yeah i mean it's been such a combustible situation since covid because um some companies adapted to the streaming model really quickly like Disney Plus and other companies were a little slow to it. Obviously Netflix and Prime Video had already been kind of doing that already and I think Peacock was still someone in its nascent phase so to speak so it was on its way. And then we had Paramount Plus and then we have like I said Disney Plus and these other things that came along and now we got MGM Plus, we got AMC Plus. We got all these pluses going on. And now, what we're seeing is more of these streaming services are being folded into its into each other. We've seen a lot of the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff end up on Netflix because Zaslav is having a fire sale over at WBD, and now we're hearing how Warner Brothers might even purchase Paramount or Paramount's going to sell a, a piece of its stake here in the studio down the road. Who's going to get it? Who are the big dogs going to, try, going to try to get it? You know, Warner's got to wait till April to be able to make a bid on Paramount because of stuff that they've done in the past. So this is all mixing in. And now we're hearing that they want to fold in more streaming services into themselves. So they become one thing. Uh, and we see that happening as well. So I think what happened was people thought, studios thought, executives thought, you know what? Netflix can do it. We can do it. Seems pretty easy. We'll remove our content from Netflix. We'll put it on the stream, but the, or our streaming service. But as you said, Michael, so well. New content is what gets people to go and keep subscribing to your service. And Netflix recently last week, you know, during their um, to dumb event, they spoke about the fact that they are moving away from making films for theaters, theatrical films. They're going to be much more focused on doing stuff that they've been doing here on their own service. They find much more of a positive response. The numbers are back up for, for Netflix every every quarter. And that tells you that they've understood They understood the streaming game because they've been at it longer than these studios. And the studios are scrambling to try to create all this content. And then you're getting pushback from the creatives who are upset when these films get either bagged like that recent Halle Berry film, uh, or they get upset when their stuff goes to streaming and doesn't, isn't, doesn't take off. Yeah, they've made their money initially, but it doesn't have a long shelf life. And then we saw with what WBD was doing was was canceling and taking things off their service so that no one could discover this stuff over again. So it's an interesting time right now with streaming and how it's all affecting things. And like you said, people are still staying home to watch certain things. But I I do still think that people want to go to the theater. It's been very clear. So yeah, finding that middle ground is going to be real difficult in the next few years. I think a number of streaming services, Mike, are going to go defunct or merge with others.
1: Well, and it's interesting because like, yeah, look, people absolutely still want to go to the theaters. You can see that. Like we talk mm. about it all the time, like some certain movies have huge box offices, but yeah. they're fewer and further between. I know a yeah. lot of friends uh, in the industry who are very successful, uh, who can't get comedies greenlit right now mm. to be made uh, for, for theaters because comedies are having a harder time. Comedies, rom-coms, kind of some of those smaller movies um, are like, oh, well, why am I going to go see see that in the theater? I'd rather watch this really funny movie with these big celebrities that just came out on Prime. Right. right. I can watch that from my home. Now, I'll go to the theater to go see Poor Things because it's nominated for an Oscar, or I'm going to go see the next big Marvel movie, or I'm going to go see Dune 2 because that you kind of want to see on the big screen. But then for like these other three or four films, I mean, even with the Oscar films, like mm. I'll go see a, an Oscar film in the theater uh, if I'm really excited about it or if it's not available on streaming. But yeah. if I can watch it on streaming, I mean, I'm going to watch it on my couch. So, yeah. you know, it really, it's changed everything. I mean, and I think another thing that's changed is just like, you know, I know that Abbott Elementary is a mm. ABC comedy. It's an ABC comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on yeah. ABC. But I watch Abbott Elementary on Hulu.
0: yeah. And I don't
1: watch it the night it comes out. I wait a couple weeks and then I watch like three or four episodes of Abbott Elementary. You know, like for the certain shows, like the big shows that we're going to review, like the Mandalorians Mm -hmm. or the new Marvel shows or, you know, the Gilded Age, uh, because I love it. (laughs) Um, You know, like there's certain shows that I know, oh, well, this is going to premiere. I know that True Detective on Sunday night is coming out at this time on Max, So I'll watch that. But I'm not like... I mean, I think like we're kind of living in a place where we still have network television and then we also have streaming. And I think eventually one's winning out.
0: Yeah, 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 One's
1: winning out. Like right now we sort of have both, but most of the shows are the most popular. You can watch them either or. So I don't know. And then just kind of to get to the next piece of it, Yeah. yeah. this affects, you know, all of the big brands because when we talk about superhero fatigue or we talk about Star Wars fatigue or we talk about are these brands special anymore, it's kind of, that's the problem is that Star Wars, and look, I'm saying this as someone who loves Star Wars. I'm going to watch every Star Wars thing that comes out until I'm dead. That's just going to happen. But um, is Star Wars as special when I can watch it every single week? On my yeah. couch, like when you have, oh, well, like what do we have this year? We got Bad Batch season three coming out, yep. Yep. we got Skeleton Key coming out, yeah. Um, we've got Skeleton, crew. Com- Skeleton, crew, yeah. Skeleton yeah. crew, Skeleton Crew, yeah. Skeleton Crew coming out, we've got Acolyte coming out, yeah. Um, we know that there's these four movies that are currently at mm-hmm. some level of development or production. Yeah. There's maybe going to be a Mando season four, we know we're going to get an Ahsoka season two, like at some point, yeah is it too much, but also you got to feed the streaming beast. Like yeah. Disney has four buckets and yeah. they're going to keep feeding those buckets. Um, I don't think any of us are going to get national geographic fatigue anytime soon, but for the rest of it, like they're running the problem. And and, and DC's got the same thing. Like we yeah. got Peacemaker season two, we've got the penguin series coming out. They're going to want to do more things as James, we got creature commandos, the animated series coming out. So yeah. as you're feeding the streaming and you're going to the movies at cert, some of us, most of you who are listening to this Geek Bite, we're probably going to watch all of it. Yeah, but most other people are like, "Oh God, how much of this do I got to watch?" So it yeah. really the the streaming. I mean, and and even more more specifically, when you read uh when you read the 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 Reign of Marvel Studios, the MCU mm-hmm. book, when you just read about like the history of MCU and you talk about kind of where we're at with the MCU right now, it seems pretty clear that the moment that Kevin Feige had to split his attention between movies yeah. and TV. Yeah. And you had to start scheduling TV shows to fall between your movie releases and this connects to this and this character's here but then they show up here and then you got this going on. It's kind of when Marvel started to feel a little overburdened. Yeah. So not only is there like a fatigue issue on our side, but there's a creatively how can you juggle all of these things between streaming and features?
0: Right. You when you could take when you could take the time to you know, look at a good um, artist and look at what they're doing and see them on the come up and you want to grab them, you know, like grab Kugler in, in 2016 or 17, wherever they grabbed him to do Black Panther. You grab him because you've seen Fruitvale Station. Now there are so many opportunities for these directors to come through and do stuff. You're not going to get the same level of quality consistently across the board. And that's what I think is happening here. Not only are you being inundated with the amount of content that you're having to watch to stay up to date if you're a, a mad fan of these properties and these franchises and these, and these IP, but now you're also having to trudge, or you're also having to trudge through some not-so-great installments or some not-so-great series or movies that are made for streaming that you have to watch in order to stay on top of stuff. And that can affect how you look at this. And that's what we're seeing here. With Star Wars and Marvel, as you're pointing out, this is getting to the point where a saturation point, I think, is happening here, where the fans are realizing, look, this is all too much. And we had seen that building over the last few years, not only from fans, but critics as well, who were saying, like, why do I have to watch 400 other things in order to be able to watch this main thing? And so it's a way of training the audience to change their expectations. And I think it was easier when it was happening to us in the 80s with comic books. Okay, I got to buy Alpha Flight 32 and I got to buy Spider-Woman 7 so that I can, you know, stay on tack with this overall story that Marvel is trying to tell. But when it comes to TV, that's really a large commitment. You can rip through a comic book in 5, 10 minutes. But the amount of time you're being asked to spend to watch these series in order to stay on top of them, you're asking a lot of your general consumer and I also think that's why this Mando and Grogu movie, the movie, the rumors that are coming out is that it's a standalone adventure with, yes, some people are going to come in and do cameos, but it's very much just a singular adventure. And I think Disney's realizing that and and making the steps they need to make to get people back into watching their stuff. And eventually Marvel's going to have to go down that route under the Disney banner as well.
1: Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I think... I, you're. I, I understand what you're saying. I think one of the difference, t- a couple differences between comic books and TV. You're right about some of those differences, but the other one is, yeah. you don't need as many people reading a comic book. <laughs> For it to be successful.
0: That's true. You don't need as many people making it. And so for
1: years, this is how comic books work. But yes, you're right. (laughs) You're like, oh, well, I'm reading X-Men. Oh, but Alpha Flight showed up. So now I got to read the Alpha Flight comic. Oh, and if I want to read this giant crossover, I got to read these 18 comics that I don't really like. And I don't like the art and I don't like the writer, but I want to read everything to know what's going on. So I'm going to buy those too. Like that's how comic books make their money. Yeah. Um, But it's a it's a small percentage of the population that's buying all those comic books and True. they still did pretty good yeah. for a TV show or a movie to be successful. You need a lot more people to be invested And yep. Marvel. Their success for phases one, two, and three was they got everybody invested. Yeah. Like that's what they did. Um, but that kind of leads to the the third point, which is, mm. you know, if, how, how would we fix it or what are we going to do? Because like I said, streaming's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. it's easy for all of us. That, oh, they should make less. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. should make less, but they're not going to make less. They got to make yeah. their money. They got to put you need you need Mando and Grogu on streaming and we're going to put them in the movies. And if Daisy is in this movie, but then we're going to have this character spin off and have a TV show and we got to know what happens with us. So like we're going to keep doing it until they drive it all into the ground or they figure <laughs> out how to make us really, really invested and freak out about it again. Yeah, Um, and I think, you know, I was talking to somebody about this recently and I think we talk a lot about, oh, is the multiverse too much is it too confusing is there too is there are there too many stories going on but i think the bigger issue is there's not anything right now that we really care about what happens next mm. and i think what i mean by that is all stories at the end of the day are about an emotional connection most like ro- we all love romance yeah. you know we love kate and leo get together on the titanic uh you know and it's just like yeah it's great i love it you know it's like we we gone with the wind like take your pick of any pretty woman like take your pick of any of the epic romances that we love but like every story is about connection it's like it's a this is about uh, a boy and his father this is about a girl and her mom this is about brothers this is about sisters this is about this and you get these emotional connections and i think where marvel really succeeded in phases one two and three is they look we've said this a thousand times like steve rogers and peggy They got all the mileage in the world out of that. Like Steve Rogers wishing he could have been with Peggy and Peggy going on to build Shield. Like we were invested in that. Like we were invested in Star Lord and Gamora. Mm -hmm. We were invested in um in Gamora and Nebula. Yeah. And then they very smartly with Avengers Endgame introduced Tony Stark and Pepper having a kid so that when we got to or you know kind of introduced that so that when we got to should we like erase everything in the blip tony stark was like i can't erase my kid i love you 3000 like yeah. they gave us all of these emotional touch points right so that even though it was all time travel and thanos and aliens and infinity stones and all this weird shit, like you get to the end of end game and it's like you know tony sacrifice making the big sacrifice for his kid you've got Gamora and Nebula kind of getting back together you've got Peter Quill seeing Gamora after she died you've got the final shot is Steve and Peggy like they set up over three phases of Marvel Mm. all of these emotional touch points that we actually cared about what's happening with the multiverse right now is like who are we what are the emotional connections we're rooting for yeah yeah like there's a lot of cool stuff and there's a lot of great characters but who are the epic romances who are the mm-hmm. relationships that we want to see turn around like at this point yeah in phases one two and three like we had moved a lot along like i it are do she hulk and bruce have a lot that they need to work out yeah like is is shangshi and his sister gonna work things out yeah are there any romances going on like what are we doing
0: yeah i think that's where the danger lies and you know with the decision they made to go younger, right? They had to age out their older, like I say again, I'll make the connection to sports. It's aging out your older veteran players who've taken you to a number of Super Bowls, but you've got to bring the new younger players in, but the new younger players don't have quite the experience. You haven't built up the uh, connections between them as strongly. And so it's showing on the field with the way they're playing the game. And we're seeing this here. With the with the current crop of, of Marvel stuff, you're not seeing that connection to the younger characters yet. We haven't had time to explore them yet. They're presenting them, but they're not bringing them together yet. And I think there's a feeling here where uh, people are starting to tune out because it seems like it's all over the place, and they're not quite making it work. Yes, they at the end of the Marvels, you see that uh, uh that uh, Kamala Khan is going to put this team together, and they're going to do their thing, and We'll see where it goes. But But, it's going to be a while before we get there. Are people going to stay interested before we get there? I don't know. And you cast younger actors versus the older actors with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and and, and, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Those were already older, seasoned veteran actors. The actors you have now are younger. There's a different connection the audience has with them. Um, And I understand the logic. I just don't see that it's working right now.
1: Well, but I think... You're right about every all of that. I think mm. to add to that, though, the issue is they've introduced a lot of characters, but yeah, they've yeah. not given us what, like, it's a very basic, I talk about this all the time when we do screenwriting stuff, or I'm in a writer's mm. room, like, I always use Disney movies as an example because they're so basic, and so they're e- basic in a good way, like very yeah, yeah. simple and clear. Ariel wants to be part of the human world. Yeah. Belle wants to get the fuck out of that town. <laughs> Aladdin doesn't want to be poor on the street and wants to be rich. Right. Like, at the beginning of the movie, you go, I get what this is. Steve Rogers' entire arc is, I don't know if I belong here, I really miss Peggy. Yeah. I miss the old days, I miss Peggy. That's what it is. Robert Downey Jr. is like, I, or, you know, Tony Stark is like, eh, hey, I'm a millionaire playboy, I don't really care about anything. Oh, yeah. I love my kids so much that I would do anything for her. You know, like, there's these, these arcs that are built. All the characters they've introduced, for the most part there's a couple that i'm like okay maybe we've we got one too many you didn't really do stuff with this but in phase four and five like i kind of think everyone has potential potential like, sure she chis she's great yeah but he kind of he had his adventure worked things worked things out with dad yeah got the 10 rings where what does he want it feels what like so long see? ago his desire. kamala yeah. khan like is is like I'm thrilled that she's putting together the Young Avengers. I love the Young Avengers. But like, what do I want? The only character that I can think, there's two characters that I think are winning right now in the Marvel universe Mm -hmm. from an emotional storytelling standpoint. And they fucked one up already. So uh, Wanda Maximoff. Yes. Was your A plus MVP of the next phase of the Marvel universe. WandaVision came out swinging and you gave us. A, a epic romance that rivals Stephen Peggy, in my opinion, as far as like, this is the romance of the Marvel universe. Like yeah. Wanda and Vision, holy shit, you hit this. I care so much about those two. Yeah. And I care so much about their twins who she had to give up. Yeah. And then you sort of pissed it all away in Multiverse of Madness as opposed to really building me out. Like, I mean, we all know that Billy's coming back. We all know they're going to introduce Wiccan. They're going to do it. Yeah. But like, but like now it's just sort of happening to tick the box. Mm-hmm. It's not happening in this emotional, like, oh my God, when Wanda sees that her kid is real and what is she going to think? And then we know that Vision is out there. Are they going to be Billy's parents or are they not? And is that going to tear them up? Like there's so much emotional stuff that's just left on the table. Yeah. And then the other one where I think they've done a great job and we talk about it all the time is like, I think we all genuinely care about what's happening with Peter Parker.
0: Yes, hundred percent. You know,
1: genuinely are like oh shit yeah. nobody knows who he is anymore nobody knows his secret he's holding on to that that's great storytelling yeah but get and i like i said miss marvel i love i think shang chi is great i think the eternals are pretty cool i know i'm in the minority but like i think there's a lot of potential there like you can go down all these movies and you're like i really care but like then there's these other things that happen that should be emotional or they right. could be emotional but like are, do we all really care that Jane is chilling in Valhalla right now? Yeah. Like, are we are we yeah. really invested in that? Are we really invested that uh even? Yeah. Kane I was going to say even Cassie. doing a Cassie right? situation. Yeah. Yeah, even Cassie. Cassie and Scott. You kind of got yeah. to the end, and you were like, okay, like Cassie. Cassie got to do some cool shit. But yeah. like, there's not this, like, what's the, be- I actually, I take that back. The other per- per- Loki, Loki, they've done great with. Sure. Sure. Loki, sure, sure, sure. Loki works because the Loki, Sophie stuff, watching Loki's journey. So like, those are the places when you go on Twitter and you go, oh, mm-hmm. here's what people love. Right. Like, those are the places where it works. And I think the reason that I'm harping on this so much is that. When you look at where Marvel's at right now, or you look at what DC is about to do, or you look at the fact that we're all like, oh, was Ahsoka good? Was it bad? Well, I love Ahsoka, but it was a little this, it was a little that. Like, you you have to go, who is this character? What is their emotional issue? What is their emotional want? And how do we, everything else, all the set dressing and the zombie stormtroopers and the space whales and everything else is great. We want that but we want it all surrounding a very simple like is this is this person going to be with the person they love is this yeah. person going to make up with their sister is this person going to ever tell their go see their dad so their dad can say I love you and I'm proud of you it's all we yeah. lo- basic shit we all love like at the end of the day the stuff that makes us cry the stuff that really makes us come out of that theater and go holy shit that really moved me it's all pretty simple yeah it's just you got to you got to find it and i think a lot of times you see them trying to get there and they don't get there
0: well, and and to point this out, and I don't know if you caught yourself this, other than Shang-Chi, the three characters you're pointing out are characters that were introduced in the first three phases: Loki, Scarlet Witch, and Peter Parker. So that's the that's the thing that I think both of us are agreeing on is that they're not doing the work with the new characters yeah. to get us to care about them, give us emotional stories to go on. Yes, and I get it, Comic Con his family and her family, of course, fantastic. Oh, I love them. Uh, yeah, they're great. But, like, there's a lot of these other characters that we're not getting those those connections with. We're not investing in their relationships as strongly as we did with all the phase, one, phase, two, phase, three characters that were all lined up and connected in their way. Even Guardians of the Galaxy, which had nothing to do originally with the overall MCU storyline. They eventually weave them in when we saw Infinity War and Endgame, and their relationships became important to the overall um, construct of the MCU and the relationships. We're not seeing that yet, so... This is either a tough time of transition for Marvel, and we're going to look back on this and go like, wow, this was a tough situation, but they figured it out, or this is the time here where they're clearly making a number of missteps, and they're not figuring out how to course correct in a way to get people back invested in the the levels that they were before, because if everything was quality, nobody would be complaining about superhero fatigue or that it's too much or you're making me watch too much if people liked it, they'd be all about it and watching it all the time.
1: Yeah, and look, I'm sure that there's people listening to this right now that are like, well, these new characters haven't had a chance yet. Like, you know, yeah. you're talking about Wanda, but, but yeah. Wanda was in Ultron, and then it was her envision in Civil War, and then it right. was, so like, yes, you're right. Like, a lot of this stuff, like the Nebula, like, did we all really care a ton about Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Right, right, right. No, no. we didn't. No. She was like a cool looking, you're like, oh, okay. Like, it's, you know, it's Amy yeah. Pond from Doctor Who, but like, whatever. <laughs> um, But, uh... But by this point, yeah, yeah, we would have gotten a Guardians two. By this point, and I think that's we should have gotten a Shang Chi two. Yeah. We should have gotten like there. The, we should have gotten the next bit of information that makes us go, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I think they just kind of bit off more than they could chew with the amount of characters between the streaming service and the features yeah. that they were trying to get out there. And so I think you know it's a lesson now. What James Gunn is doing, interestingly enough. Mm. Is, look, we all know Superman Legacy is coming out swinging with like, you know, 35 superheroes in it. So (laughs) it's going to be a different strategy. He's like throwing us into the middle of a superhero universe where it could either be so crowded and we're going to be like, well, there's too many people. I don't care. Right. Or he could very quickly... We could watch Superman Legacy and go, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Guy Gardner's a good guy, but he's kind of a chauvinist asshole. Hawkgirl mm-hmm. is very aggressive. Cool. Okay, Supergirl. Okay, this is what they're doing. With, you know, like, if he can give us a, this is who these people are, if he can do kind of what he did with Nebula, yeah, where we might get just a little bit of Guy Gardner, but we'll get enough information that then when we get to the Green Lantern series on Max or whatever it is they end up doing, mm-hmm. and Guy Gardner shows up, we're like, oh, yeah, this, this asshole. Oh. Mm-hmm. He just had a non-asshole moment. Maybe right. he's not so bad. Oh, Guy Gardner sacrificed his life. Well, now I fucking love Guy Gardner. Like that's mm. what you do. And I think that yeah. that's what Marvel did so well that they're not. And honestly, that's what Dave Filoni did so well in Clone Wars and Rebels. That mm. is, I think, maybe not quite happening as well mm. as it was in Bad Batch and Ahsoka.
0: Yeah. The other Certainly part of not this in Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. The other element when it comes to Marvel, Michael, we I know we're getting to the 30-minute mark. We like to wrap up around this time. But the other element of this is that the Jonathan Majors, Kang, Coleman Domingo, uh, uh, you know, um, Doctor Doom situation is up in the air. So it makes it even harder to create these connections and make these um, characters stand out and really live through their stuff that they're going through if we don't have the big overall baddie that we had from, uh, from about the middle of phase one on, we knew that there was something bigger that was happening and they were coming together in some way after the first Avengers movie towards something. So there's not that thing. And so now having with the John Ma- Jonathan Major stuff up in the air and Kang gone, where are they going to make this big baddie appear? Well, and it's got to be sooner rather than later.
1: So they did something different with Kang than with Thanos, and I think mm. that we talk a lot about it. But I think to be fair to them, like let's yeah. let's bla- like put put the Jonathan Majors, sure, Coleman to me. Let's assume Kang is staying. Forget okay. the casting thing. The all right. casting Sounds thing good. ultimately, if it all works and we yeah. think it's badass, we're gonna forgive it and we're not gonna care. Like that's right. fine. So uh, put that aside. But what they did with Thanos is we saw Thanos, yeah, at the very end of. Uh, avengers yes which which finished up phase one right um we saw thanos a little bit more in guardians of the galaxy but it was really ronin's movie thanos was just there to be like i want the infinity stones go get them for me here's my daughters right right right. that's really what he did there (laughs) it wasn't until infinity war started and he steps out on thor's ship yeah and we really go oh this is who this guy is. Yeah. This is what he wants. He wants to balance the universe. He wants to, like, wipe out half of existence. That's not information we had until we got to right. the right. finale of the Infinity Saga. Yeah. They kind of kept Thanos in reserve, like, that we knew he was coming, to your point. We right. all knew Thanos was the big bad, but they kept him really, really in reserve. Yeah. With Kang, the second he showed up in the finale of Loki Season 1, like, we're like, okay, here he is. And... Then he kept show then he's in Quantumania and then we get Victor Timely mm. and we get all this stuff, but Thanos. I think the universe is overcrowded, and my way of doing my way of solving this problem is to wipe out half of existence for the good of everybody. That's my plan. Right. Kang. I want to rule. Yeah. I want to be the one Kang that survives this big multi- and like it's not a. What does Kang really want? I get that there's a multiversal war, and there's a thousand yeah. Kangs, and there's the Council of Kangs, and there's all these different Kangs, and they're all fighting for what? But like, what are they fighting for?
0: It's much more nebulous, right? It's but,
1: nebulous, yeah. and when you roll him out so early, yeah. Like, I think they're kind of following the Dave Filoni issue that I see sometimes, which is they might know, but they're like, okay. Well, when we get to when we get to the Kang Dynasty, we're going to reveal that this was all really because of this. Right. Kang really wanted this or he just wanted a hug from Ravona. Like whatever <laughs> it is, like that but like they but without us knowing what it is, we're just sort of watching a bunch of stuff happen. Yeah. And we don't like watching stuff happen. We love stuff happening right. when we know what we're like okay, I get it. We we can watch all this stuff in the world because I got to save this person who I love. Yeah. I got to get to my dad. I got to Go find my best friend and be like, "You were always my best friend." Like, there's a, there's, it's always really simple stuff. And in the absence of simple stuff, we start to get a little confused, and then we start to get a little bored.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those standalone movie, not I don't mean standalones and not connected, but I mean like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. We need that, I believe, in this new phase, so that people can connect to these characters. And not in a in not streaming either. These have, have these have to be coming out theatrically. If you're trying to create young Avengers, if you're just gonna swing to Young Avengers and we're just gonna essentially be Guardians of the Galaxy in a new format, okay, fine, but you're not gonna have the same connection. That's the that was the gift of the Iron Man series, the Captain America series and Thor series is we got to connect to these characters, and then we get to see people coming in who were gonna be part of the overall story once the Avengers showed up, and then all of this that came afterwards. That's not happening here. So I wonder if maybe this is something they're looking at and realizing they've got to make these changes and got to go forward in some some way that is ev- evocative of the past that what worked in the past, but in a new way that appeals to the audiences nowadays. Uh, yeah.
1: We will see. Just to, one more yeah. real, one more thing, real quick. Real quick <laughs> one real more quick. thing. One more thing, real quick. Real quick. To end it. Uh Yeah. yeah. They hate it when I do it. They uh, hate it. Shannon no. and hate it. Let's do a short show, okay? Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's just this reminds me of like, so I have like when I like I went up to Canada a few years ago and I mm. ran like a three day workshop on putting together pitch Bibles and how to develop a show because, nice. you know, as an executive, I got pitched all the time. Now, as a writer and showrunner, I'm putting together pitches all the time. And as an executive, one of the things that I saw so much and this is a very geek specific problem. So mm. if you're out there right now and you want to be a writer and you want to do this. This is this is good advice is that as geeks we get excited about all the weird, multiversal, timey-wimey, epic, cool, special effects stuff. Yeah. And so it's easy to, when you start a story, or when you're starting to tell your story, you pitch that. So I saw so many pitches that were like, The year is 3739. A (laughs) post-apocalyptic war has wiped out humanity. A zombie virus was released, but the zombies mutated and now they're alien tentacle monsters and the alien tentacle monsters have wiped out everything and a small band of humans have survived. And you'll spend 10 minutes telling me the history of this post-apocalyptic universe and 10 minutes into your pitch, you're going to be like, and this is the story of this girl. And by this point I'm tuned out because all you've been talking about is fucking zombies and plant monsters and tentacles. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. If you just invert it, invert it. Oh yeah. And you go, this is the story of a girl that reunited with her parents. Right. She grew up an orphan and all she ever wanted was to find her parents. By the way, she grew up an orphan in a zombie apocalypse. And right. then the zombie apocalypse mutated and it turned into plant monsters. And as she got older, she became adept at navigating this world. But all she ever cared about was finding her parents. Mm. And then all of this stuff happens and she gets pulled into this rebellion and she gets pulled into this world and she has to fight. But all she wants is to find her parents. And all... By the time I get to the end of the thing, I'm like, wow, that's cool. The zombies were cool and the tentacle monsters. But I really love that she wanted to find her parents. Yeah. Like, that's all that matters. So when you're pitching a show, start with character first. However, whoever the character is, tell me who they are. Tell me what they want. And then add everything else in. And I think that Marvel, phases 1, 2, and 3 did that. Yeah, I think Marvel's 4, 5, and 6 are pitching me all the cool shit yeah. without telling me what I should be caring about.
0: It's a great point, Mike, and, and I hope you all who are watching or listening take that advice. Start with the human, start with the human story first, then get to all the other stuff. That's how you hook people uh, usually when you're doing these pitches, and usually when you're creating these universes and putting them out there for people to enjoy. Um, big thanks to uh, these tweets here from Jonathan here at John underscore Yara, Francisco Lopez at FJ Lopez fifteen oh five, and Puni Jazzy at P underscore Jazzy who got us talking about all of this and what we would do and how we would change things and how we'd like to see the uh, uh, Marvel Universe and other universes going forward handle things uh, in the future here. So thank you all so much. And big, big thanks to Michael. Michael, uh, what do we have to tell these people who are watching and listening
1: to us? Uh, Listen, if you'd like to follow us, you can do it at geek underscore buddies or on Instagram at the geek, the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow Mr. Roka, you can do it at the Roka Says. If you would like to do me, You can DM me at MK2. No! And no! (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Okay. It's a rainy Tuesday. Oh boy. And you can also hit the like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Leave your comments below. What did you think of this geek bite? What do you think of the state of geek culture and streaming services and everything else? Let us know below. If you're listening to us on a podcast, leave us some stars and comments so we go up in the rankings. And as always, if you are doing anything else, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies.
0: There you go. We got there. We got
1: there for god's sake
0: <laughs> and uh, if you want to follow our of course our third geek buddy shannon mcclung he is at shannon underscore mcclung on twitter and at shannon the geek buddy on instagram of course we're selling well wishes as he's enjoying his honeymoon and we'll hopefully be back on friday for our main show we will see if it's going hopefully live he, he put TV. on some
1: goddamn sunscreen
0: <laughs> yeah that's that for sure as well all right y'all take care of yourselves be well enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of geek bites brought to you by the geek